0: Welcome to Airtalk's TV Talk from LAST 89.3. I'm Larry Mantle. Every Thursday, I'm joined on Airtalk by professional TV critics to review and discuss the newest cable TV, broadcast, and streaming series. With so much content available, we know it's hard to pick something to watch, and we're here to help. All right, let's meet this week's critics.
1: Mostyn Cross in for Larry Mantle. TV, the world of television, can be so overwhelming, and it's really hard to learn about new shows that are coming and whether or not they're any good. That's the key part, right? Are they worth your time? Lucky for all of us, Air Talk has got you covered. Joining us to help offer up some recommendations and thoughts on current and upcoming shows, Uh, On television, our two television critics were joined this week by Angie Han, TV critic for the Hollywood Reporter, and Lorraine Ali, TV critic for the Los Angeles Times. Thank you both for joining us. Hello, Austin. Glad to be here. Well, let's start off with Grand Crew. It is in season two, and it is airing on NBC, streaming on Peacock. It is set in Los Angeles. It's a group of friends as they navigate dating and everyday life, uh, often coming together at a local wine bar. I mean, that sounds like a great time. But uh, Angie Han at Hollywood Reporter, start us off. What are you thinking about Grand Crew?
2: Uh, Well, speaking of shows that I think are worth your time, I think this one very much is. Uh, As you said, it's the second season so i was a fan of the first season and i don't think it's missed a step in its second season you know it's just a hangout show like friends or seinfeld or one of my more recent favorites happy endings and it's not really reinventing the wheel in that regard but the cast is has incredibly strong chemistry you completely believe i think even within the first couple episodes of the first season that these people have been friends for years and years and the sense of humor is just so goofy uh like last week's premiere had one of the sick characters considering marrying a Canadian girl that he was dating just so she could stay in the country, which is, you know, kind of a pretty sitcommy premise to begin with. But then it had this whole interlude where he imagines the rest of their lives together, like down to them dying side by side in the hospital and like the <laughs> jazz prodigy son that they're definitely going to have. And it's just, you know, it's just little touches like that that make it so silly and so funny. And I find it just such a treat to get to hang out with these characters from week to week.
1: Well, you know, I have to say I was reading this, you know, synopsis, you know, group of friends navigating life in a bar. And like you said, it sounds like so many sitcoms that we've seen in the past. And I'm kind of trying to figure out to myself, well, how do you take something like that and make it fresh? Not something that's been done before. Lorraine Ali, TV critic for the Los Angeles Times, I'd love to get your take on the show.
3: Well, you know, I was going to talk about Marie Antoinette, which is so similar to Grand Crew, but not really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not really at all. But, you know, I got to say, I do, you, you, like she was saying, it's not reinventing the wheel, but I do love these shows that sort of look inside this tight knit core of friends, you know, something um, that can kind of change depending on the generation, depending on the location, you know, Insecure was one of my favorites. So <laughs> I, I have great copes for season two.
1: You know, you did mention Marie Antoinette. Thanks so much for weighing in on Grand Crew 2. Very similar, right? Um, But Marie Antoinette, not in a bar. It actually follows the life of the last queen of France as a teenager. as She leaves her home of Austria to France, uh, seeking to create an alliance between two nations. And she has to charm her way around to create political change. Uh, What was your take on Marie Antoinette, Lorraine?
3: Well, you know, I have to say, I love these kind of um, recasting of stories that have gone down in history, usually from the man's point of view. And this is looking at Marie Antoinette's story from her point of view. It's supposed to, it's billed by PBS as a fresh feminist take on the young royal story. And um, it's an eight episode series and it follows her as she leaves Austria and, you know, travels to marry the soon to be king. Um, king of France Louis XVI and it is from um, Deborah Davis who was behind that Oscar winning period film The Favorite if you remember with Olivia Colman which was fantastic and also very irreverent I'm not sure that this will be as edgy well it won't be but it is also uh, I kind of just love these these fresh takes like I loved Versailles um, the Serpent Queen uh, Dickinson where they're taking these uh, women throughout history who've been cast in a certain light and showing them to be quite different. And this has that promise. Um, It is PBS. So it is not going to be quite as edgy as say, I don't know, Dickinson on Apple TV plus, but you know, as a period drama and potentially with uh, updated kind of millennial themes, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this
1: one. You know, I'm always so curious when people remake, you know, old stories, tell stories about people from the past, um, and they try to make them relevant to modern, newer audiences, but yet they will sometimes give the characters, uh, you know, thoughts and ideas and concepts that not your average person or even your average educated person would be thinking about at that time. Do you think that they walk that line well enough where, you know, they, they they do take a fresh approach to Marie Antoinette as a person without going so far into, you know, making her somebody who's so recognizable to us, like somebody we know.
3: Well, you know, there is a certain amount of creative license in all these, you know, modern takes on these historical figures. Right. And there is always going to be the complaints from what would you call them? Uh, history of purists. I don't know how you'd like to say that, but there always be complaints that okay, we are, you know, overlaying this kind of modern uh, take on her, and that is there. But you know, I, I think what we're talking about, and when we're talking about what to watch on television and what's fresh and what's new, there's got to be updated themes on these, and I think it's just a matter of kind of um, hitting on things that people are thinking about today. And did they think about them back in the day? You know, who's to say? None of us were there. So really, I think (laughs) the field's wide open for what you can kind of, uh, you know, pull out of Marie Antoinette's head, so to speak. Oh gosh, that was bad wording. (laughs)
1: <laughs> we just have to bask in how how delightful that was <laughs> talking right now with Lorraine Ali, TV critic for the Los Angeles Times, also on the line is Angie Han, TV critic for the Hollywood Reporter, we're going to take a quick break but when we come back we're going to talk about Unprisoned, which is on Hulu and The Mandalorian on Disney Plus
0: This is TV Talk from LA 89.3 We'll be right back after this Hi, this is Larry Mantle, and you're listening to AirTalk's TV Talk, a weekly review of the newest cable TV broadcast, television, and streaming series. Let's get back to reviews.
1: Right now, we are talking about TV, though. What's on? What's good? There's so many options out there. We're going to help you kind of narrow down your choices so you're not wasting your time. We're joined this week by Angie Han, TV critic for The Hollywood Reporter, and Lorraine Ali, TV critic for The Los Angeles Times. We start off with Angie Han looking at Unprisoned on Hulu, which follows therapist Paige Alexander as her father, Edwin, is released from prison for dealing drugs, and the show follows them and Paige's son, Finn, as they all live in one household. It is a comedy. It is starring Kerry Washington, Delroy Linda, one of my faves. Uh, Angie, what's your take?
2: You know, you say it's a comedy and that's not inaccurate, but what really struck me about the show was that it's kind of an odd mix of tones. Like, the premise would suggest kind of a light odd couple sort of sitcom. Since she's the super uptight one and her dad is much more laid back and charismatic and Delroy Lindo is just so magnetic in this. He's so fun. But then, on the other hand, it also turns out to be this surprisingly serious uh, examination of Paige's journey of finally dealing with the psychological trauma left behind by her dad's years of incarceration and the tumultuous childhood she mm. had as a result and i don't think the combination entirely works the tone kind of sometimes it's too broad sometimes it's a little bit too brittle it's not kind of uh, the sort of easy watching likable show that i think i sort of expected just based on the log line um but it is really interesting and compelling even in its flaws it's you know, it's a show that feels like it's really trying to do something. It's a show that feels really personal. And in fact, it was, I believe, based on some of the experiences of its creator. Uh, And you can really see that in kind of the empathy that it has for all of its characters. It's ultimately pretty touching in its acceptance of its own heroine, who is less than perfect and the less than perfect journey that she goes on.
1: I mean, it seems like such an interesting way to approach such a serious topic Uh, And I'm wondering if maybe uh, the creator, Tracy McMillan, she thought, you know, this is this is how we want to approach this because we don't want to create a show that's like going to bring people down. Um, But it's interesting that, you know, it's listed here as, as a comedy. So you're saying that it doesn't it doesn't quite hit the mark, right, because it tries to be too many things at once is what I'm getting.
2: It is a comedy, so I'm not saying it's not, but it's a comedy that uh, is not maybe exactly what I expected. It's a comedy that, you know, you were saying that maybe she felt like she didn't want to make it too heavy. And it does feel like that watching the show sometimes, like it's like one of the reasons it's kind of light is because it doesn't want to get sucked down into how dark it is. Which is actually also a reflection of how the main character Paige is kind of dealing with her own uh, issues, so it, it does make sense for it. But it's it's a comedy that doesn't go down easy, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Does that make sense?
1: It, it does make sense. It does make sense. We're talking about what's on TV streaming online or what can be watched on broadcast. What's worth your time? We're talking about it with Angie Han, the Hollywood Reporter, television critic. Also on the line with us is Lorraine Ali, television critic for the Los Angeles Times. Our next show up to bat, The Mandalorian Season 3. It is back again. Uh, Lorraine, let's just get your take on this right off the bat.
3: Well, you know, The Mandalorian um, has been obviously one of the more, you know, popular um, series to come out of that whole Star Wars universe on the Disney streamer. And season three starts off really strong. Um, episode one, um, right out of the gate, you know, A, yeah it... Um, Focuses in, of course, on the cuteness of baby Yoda, Grogu, we all know that, but (laughs) the Mandalorian himself, uh, Pedro Pascal, who, as we know, is having a moment with The Last of Us as well, um, is faced with, of course, another challenge, and now he has, you know, another venture that he has to uh, go out and basically do all sorts of death-defying things to protect the baby but also to um, move forward and fight against the forces that are trying to destroy him and that universe. So he's also got some issues with his own, um, what would you call them, clan of people, because there is an ideology that the Mandalorians follow that he has in fact breached. So he's kind of an outsider even within his own people. So they're dealing with all of that. Um, But that said, it's just fantastic to look at And I am not a Star Wars person. I do not, you know, when every time someone tries to tell me this is before this and after this, I I feel like my brain hurts. I'm like, but will I like it? You know, and I do. And I don't have to be completely ensconced in this world, which totally aggravates my teenage son. Um, But it works. So, you know, you don't have to go back and, you know, do your your Star Wars studies um, in order to get the Mandalorian.
1: Talking right now with Lorraine Ali, television critic for the Los Angeles Times. Lorraine mentioned Pedro Pascal, also in The Last of Us. Angie Han, with just the few minutes we have left of the show, I'd love to get your take on The Last of Us on HBO Max.
2: You know I think this show had just premiered the last time I was on this on uh, TV talk and now we are almost at the finale and I have continued to be really impressed by this show's ability to balance empathy and darkness because I think there can be a tendency in these sort of post-apocalyptic dramas to lean on how dark and gritty and shocking and grim and ugly humanity can be and a lot of you know, really gnarly violence just for the sake of it and all that. And this show definitely has some of that. The past week, which saw the characters going up against this cult leader, may have been one of its most harrowing episodes ever, I think. But it's continued to make such a point to finding these moments of care and connection and kindness, even within this really bleak landscape, including with the recent episode about that kind of gets into Ellie's backstory and you know chronicles a moment that she had with her first love. And it's what makes the show so much more gripping than if it was just all doom and gloom and explosive plots twists us all the time. So I have really been so far despite not being someone who would in the game or really was familiar with it at all. And I am very curious to see where it can do the finale and then into the probably many seasons
1: Oh, Angie Han, it sounds like we might have lost you there, but that was Angie Han, the Hollywood reporter, television critic. We've also heard from Lorraine Ali. Lorraine, we have about 20 seconds. You want to get in a quick review of The Last of Us?
3: The Last of Us is one of the best shows on right now. And I am predicting that the finale is going to rile people up, just like the finale of the video game that it's based on had riled people up when it concluded. So I'm really looking forward to the reaction to that.
1: That's Lorraine Ali, television critic for the Los Angeles Times. My thanks to our guests for joining us for TV Talk today. I'm Austin Cross in for Larry Mantle.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode of Air Talks TV Talk from LAist 89.3. If you like what you heard, please subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.